I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Today's episode, we talk about a little girl reading a story about a man who has told the story from another man of how he acquired a famous hotel. I'm joined by my guest, Casey Clark, to talk about Wes Anderson's critical and commercial smash, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Hey, how you doing, Casey? I'm good. All right. So, the Grand Budapest Hotel. This was your choice. Yes. To do I'm, this, I love um, this movie. It's one of my favorites. I enjoy it a lot too. I'm a big fan of um, Wes Anderson. Ever since I saw um, Fantastic Mr. Fox when that first came out, I was like, yeah, I really was. I was really into it. Yeah. No, he's he's like, I think one of my heaviest like inspirations towards like directing. I think mm-hmm. I would like to pick up some kind of style choices within that he's a very good stylistic like look and he's mm-hmm. he's very recognizable and but I just, it made, I, it. I feel like he's made more movies than people realize like he's done so he has this moonrise kingdom fantastic mr fox rushmore um isle of dogs that just yep. came out life aquatic of steve zissou um royal tenenbaums royal tenenbaums bottle rocket bottle rocket and i is there i feel like we're missing one it might be the darjeeling limited yeah that's, that's what, what it is. is yep yep um and uh, I have a, a, a very interesting relationship with this movie. I first wanted to go see it. I was a junior in high school, I believe, and I was under the age of 17, so I couldn't get in to see the movie, but we had, I went with my friend, and we thought, I thought um, his mom was going to come with us, and so we were driving there, and she was about to leave, and we were like, oh, wait, we can't get in. She's like, well, I can't stay with you. I have to go somewhere. So the guy was just... The guy behind the counter was so snooty about it, and she was like, well, if I pay for their tickets and say, like, they can go, is that okay? And he's just like, no. And so we were like, well, what are we going to do? So we wanted, to, we were going to go see Noah, and so we were like, okay, can we get, like, one for Noah? Like, it was starting, like, 20 minutes or whatever, and he's like, sold out. Like, he was just clearly having a really awful day. He was just so snooty at us. <laughs> and I never saw it, but my, then my mom said, my mom saw it, and she's like, this seems really weird. I don't know if I want you watching this kind of thing. And then she went and saw it and she's like yeah it is really weird but i saw it about a year after it came out and i was blown away it's really good like i like it a lot yeah no it's awesome uh trying to think when i i first heard of it like i didn't wes anderson was on my radar but i didn't actually know who he was and what he had made and like i saw fantastic mr fox when it came out but i didn't know who wes anderson was when that came out i just knew it was a movie i'd seen it when i was a kid with my sister she loves it. Uh, it's one of her favorites. I had heard of Grand Budapest from the Oscars of that year. Yeah. Uh, and that was when I had just started getting into, like, really trying to get into what film was in high school. Uh, and that's when I knew I was like, okay, I want to get into this, so I should probably start getting, you know, looking at things. And I started watching the Oscars, and I saw that was up for, like, a bunch of awards. Yeah. Uh, and for Best Picture. So I looked that up, and I didn't watch it, I think fully until like a year later when it had been on tv and i had seen like half of it uh and then by some means i had seen it i cannot tell you when or where (laughs) but i watched it and i loved it and i uh recently got the dvd like finally a while ago and i could actually buy it with my own money but it was it's good it's interesting you say like that it was like kind of one of those ones that got like kind of made you look at film differently oh yeah because i mean Wes Anderson, as popular as he is, he's very independent, and he has already, in a very f- like fast-paced way, in the past ten years, already kind of cemented himself in film history. He yeah is has made so many movies that have just stuck out to people, and I think it has to do with his style. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit more about the movie that we're talking about today. So, it was released in 2014. It was. Um, Story by Wes Anderson and Hugo Guinness. Screenplay yes. by Wes Anderson, directed by Anderson. Yep. Inspired by the writings of uh, Stefan Zwig. Yeah, he was a uh, like a Austrian author from like the late or the like nineteen thirties, forties. Was anything he was like mostly writing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he was like a travel author kind of. But he he wrote a bunch of fiction that was like within that time period. And he I I was looking at him a little bit. Interesting. So. 
Yeah, but it's not like it's not like the story of Stefan's wig. Oh it's no, just he, like, yeah. there is his. Um, I know Anderson though, like recommended to. I don't know if it if it was Hugo Guinness or someone within the production. Uh, I think it was the cinematographers. He had said to read um, Stefan Zweig's couple of his novels uh, and his uh, autobiography. Oh, okay. Um, and also watch some movies of with the same subject matter. Oh, all right. Um, it was uh, it was released by Fox Searchlight and Indian Paintbrush. The film stars a wide array of famous um, A-list stars. We have uh, helming it Ray Fiennes. We have F. Murray Abraham, Jude Law. Adrian Brody, Willem Dafoe, um, Tilda Swinton, yeah. almost unrecognizable, Jeff Goldblum, Harvey Keitel, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, Saoirse Ronan, Jason, Jason Schwartzman, so many people that we all know from Wes Anderson yeah. movies. Just everyone is yeah. packed what, with this movie. Who, what was that? What's the actor's name that plays Zero again? Oh, gosh. I can never remember. I think it's uh, Tony Rivoli or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Hold on. Rivalori. Riv- yeah. Yep. Tony Rivalori. Yeah. Was, uh, but th- this was like one of his first roles. I think too. so. This and was like this was like the one that like kind of introduced us to, to him. Yeah. This yeah. was like his it did, it did big say, like Introducing Tony Rivalori, and then he was in Dope and yeah. Spider-Man: Homecoming. Exactly. Killed yeah. it in Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> yeah. No, this was the first movie I think I'd seen him in, uh, and then I'd seen him in Dope. Mm-hmm. I did too. That was yeah. my the exact order of movies that I yeah. saw him in. Um, it's about a we. We follow um, Monsieur Gustave and Zero. Monsieur Gustave, played by Ray Fiennes. Zero, played by uh, Tony Revolori. All about their adventure. These characters of this family, of Mar- of Tilda Swinton, who he is in love with, and she passes away. And it's all centered around this painting of Boy with Apple. And it's about greed and corruption. And it's a mystery. And it's and undertones fascism. <laughs> but yes. we'll get to that. Yes, we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that in a bit. Um, so this movie has a really great adventure feel to it. I oh, feel yeah. that's like the kind of the that's what it, really the, ties it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was uh, it, it had a budget of twenty five million dollars, and at the box office, it grossed one hundred and seventy four point eight million dollars. So clearly, it like really kind of resonated with audiences, and like yeah, or it, and obviously it was nominated for I believe fourteen. Academy Awards winning five, I want to say. Did it win best? I thought it. it did it win best picture? No, that was Birdman won. Oh right, yeah, that was that year. Um, yeah. but I think that's rightfully so. Yeah, personally, yeah. but uh, it, it won. I think it won score and um. Ah, Alexander Desplat. Yeah, man. as again as well, he should have. Oh yeah. The movie has an average score of ninety one. Uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, an average rating of 88.4 out of 10 based on 275 reviews, which is really good for Rotten Tomatoes. It's really high up there for um, modern movies, it seems like. Grand Budapest won for costume design, makeup and hairstyling, music, and production design. And they were nominated for all those plus mes- uh, Best Picture, Directing, Cinematography, Film Editing, and Screenplay. All right. What do you think? attracts what what is something what is a, a movie like this how does it grab the zeitgeist how is it something that that grabs people attention and like makes them be like yes that's something i want to go see how does this a movie like this do you think from just marketing and trailers like what what uh, makes people want to go see it is it the name of wes anderson is it his style is I, it- well i think i think with wes anderson he has a big audience enough that uh so he has his his audience. I think what changed him from an indie director with this being his more biggest one of his biggest critical successes in like for a general audience, and then that being supplanted by Isle of Dogs this or this year this year. Uh, I think it's just that um, with this, he, even though it may be one of his most stylized works, it's definitely uh, a story that can be put towards a general audience. I think with Moonrise Kingdom, it's not really the same because it's kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe more out there. And with his other movies, they're a little more outlandish, mm-hmm. you could say. Um, but I think uh, I think this one just really caught the heart of everyone at the time, and I think it was a really it's a really good just 
adventure movie on its own. Plus, given his style and his brand of comedy, I think it adds to it very well. This was also um, a time when it, it, I was starting to notice that more independent movies were getting more of a mainstream like look after praise, like release after praise. Oh, so yeah. like it would this something like this would get released in March, and then like it get a wider buzz release. would get a yeah. wider release. I, that's when I really started to notice it, and it's but also something like this. It seems all I mean, obviously, all the actors the style just the look of it it seems weird and quirky like it should be yeah. but it does have that at least from the trailer alone it seems like you know something that would be very different yeah and um a really fun time and on the on the surface there's a lot yeah. more but i think that's what really stays with people something it's it's very different you know we're constantly seeing you know big superhero movies and anything like that 2014 was a big year for superhero yeah, movies exactly um and so something like this is a big change of pace. Yeah, and it, I mean it's like it's not necessarily a blockbuster, but it but it's enough like it's enough of a a good movie for even a general audience that it would have garnered so much that it got. Yeah, it's something that is a good com- like contrast from every other summer movie. Uh-huh. I think so. Yeah, it definitely. Was, it's definitely something more interesting. And I mean, you see that whole that whole switch nowadays with indie films. Like that's what A twenty four is doing. Is basically bringing indie films to like a general audience now mm. now because they're like a studio that only does that yeah um so it's obviously was it was ranked one of the best films of the year very uh garnered a lot of praise from the academy but what do we think about it so if you haven't seen grand budapest hotel uh we are going to go through the entire story spoilers and all um, so go see it and then come back and check this out. You have been warned. It's very good. Yeah. Um, so we start off in a very uh, interesting way to get us to the actual story. Yeah. We start off with a little girl who goes to the statue of the author. He, she starts reading his book. And then we go in to see Tom Wilkinson, who plays the author, yep. telling us the story. And then we actually go into the story of him meeting Zero um, Mustafa Zero as an Mustafa. old man. Yes, which in this is a really, really great um, intro, I feel, because it, it's paced really well. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed with the author that I thought was interesting that is you can totally tell it's a Wes Anderson movie just because of the quirkiness of his humor. Yeah. In that when he is talking to us, his like grandson or whatever runs in and starts shooting him with oh, a pellet gun and then just like <laughs> he's just go go and then when he comes up stands right next to him he's like i'm sorry he's like it's fine it was it's so quick and small yeah i think i think with with wes's humor i think it shows a lot in this movie there's uh-huh. so many like there's a lot of small jokes and like he does a lot of cool gags with the camera that yeah. like they're like the camera adds effect to the joke. Which yeah, is definitely. Really good. Like that whole whip pan when the kid shoots him with a BB and then runs yeah, away. Yeah, that's out of really nowhere, great. but yeah. it is it is bringing some levity to it. Exactly. And then um, with the either the, with the, when you see Jude Law meet um, Zero, it's interesting because as he's just kind of walking around this almost empty hotel, it's really great to get you into the world. There's a lot of really good world building in this yeah. movie. I feel like as even though it's really subtle. Because you just feel like this is a very different and it's odd, but it, it feels like it's a very warm like yeah. room, very warm presence. This entire hotel, the Grand Budapest, it's beautiful. Exactly. Like, and speaking of world building, I mean, Wes Anderson went through a lot with like he made his own like country with this whole Zubravka thing, and that's when when you get into that story, it's like oh, you're in this you know province of this kind of Eastern European country with like all these different flares of like different kinds of cultures yeah and it's really interesting like he has that uh i think he the that one throwaway line in the beginning when the the author's talking about having scribes fever some like weird disease Mm -hmm. yeah and just like it's all kind of very uh regal in the sense of like scope that he went yeah for this movie which is really cool and like even that had their own money system and, and everything it all plays into itself which is pretty great and in this opening scene we uh there's a lot of uh narration which i'm about 80 to 20 on and what i mean by that is i think that it's done really well most of the time because yeah. i think it, it gives you this good idea of like this is a story you are being told a story because yeah. i mean film is a storytelling medium and um so it is feeling like oh like this is 
like it is like someone's telling me a story and I like being introduced to everybody. Yeah. But then there are times where he's like in the beginning when Jude Law's talking to Jason Schwartzman, he's like, Who's that? And the voiceover's like, I asked. You know, I think I don't think it's like to me that was a little much, but I liked everything else. Well, I think the reason that he has it like told like that is because it's a book yeah i think it's it's he's supplanting the narration as if it was a book so yeah. every it's it's a line, small yeah. it's a small gripe it's a really small gripe it's not the biggest deal in the world it was just something yeah. i noticed well, i rewatched this movie last night so but, i mean don't we don't really get that narration with zero story per chant like mm-hmm. kind of. he interjects it a little bit a little it, but, yeah. but it's not like the same with the the author and i think that's because like the part when you're looking at the young author is like the beginning of the actual book. And then when you get into zero story, it's more of like an oral presentation. Mm-hmm. Like he's, yeah. he's more telling it than, you know, trying to describe each thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the, so we meet um, zero Mustafa and his uh, elder years played by F Murray Abraham. Very well done performance yeah. by F Murray Abraham as little of scenes that he's in. He's just so, He's so calm, but full yeah, of life. He has a, he has a presence, time. a very like, a, good, yeah. and his voice, man, his, his voice great pulls voice. it off. But he's so so subtle. He is yeah. just like a very. He seems very like down to earth and knowing, and has been through a lot. Very um, experienced, yeah, but very humble, uh-huh. and is someone you can learn from, almost like a teacher, yeah. Which I think um, he just he just pulls it off exactly. so well. Yeah, uh, I see. His, I mean. Plus his even just his narration within the whole thing, he provides more of like a a good um, like good breaks between everything that's going on on screen. I think he he provides that good stable point in the story, and I think yeah. his character is like a good jumping off point for like someone that's keeping everything grounded. He starts to tell uh, Jude Law the story of when he was a young lobby boy and how he acquired this hotel. Yeah. Um, so we begin the actual main, the central part of our story in 1932 yep. when Zero is, a, is just starting off as a lobby boy and he's telling us all the, like, the quirks about the hotel. And, but we begin with Mustav. Um, yeah, Gustav. <laughs> see, it's hard to say. It's Mustav. Um, Monsieur yeah, Gustav. Yeah, Mr. Um, Gustav each. And yeah, we, we never hear his last name, which I think is funny. Mr. Yeah, it's just H. H. Yeah, um, played by Ray Fiennes. And before we go on any further, I think it is important uh, to address the fact that this is, in my opinion, one of not only the best performances of the year, but best performances of the decade by Ray oh, Fiennes yeah. as um, Gustav. I think he is brilliant. Charles Voldemort all the way. He is fantastic. And he is my favorite actor. Like yeah, period. he's a, he's an amazing actor. He really is, and I think him now versus him in the past is even better. Like as mm-hmm. an actor nowadays, and he plays the character so well. He's very like, uh, like he's very enunciated, and he he's got that like quick wit. But I like that he's kind of like this pompous dude. Like, yeah, he's well, got that. You know, he's very. He thing. can be very, very pompous. Yeah, very self centered, but he's so. He's just so odd and lovable that <laughs> yeah. you just can't help but be on his side. There's never a time in my like in my opinion when I watched him and I was like, "Wow, I don't like you." I always liked him cuz yeah. he brings equal amounts of charm and oddness and just every is just blended so well. Yeah, and I mean even though he is self-centered, there is a lot of points in the story where they they contrast that with him like being very self-sacrificing and whatnot and i think that's that comes back to him being a uh, concierge of the hotel and all that which i think is another good uh testament to say how great the writing is in this movie i think this is a fantastic screenplay with only a couple small issues that i have which we'll talk about a little bit later but it they they really know what to do with the characters and i think um they know how to make them work well together so like Monsieur Gustave is a very self-centered and pompous, but is also extremely lovable. And Zero is kind of, uh, of all the characters in this movie, the most normal one, I yeah. feel. He's not like, because I think he's a he's just a boy and he's just, he's learning. Yeah. I don't think he's really coming of age, but he is just, you know, he's, he's just young. Yeah. And he's really just kind of following him and to gain the trust. Exactly. So it, they complement each other so well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting because Zero is trying to learn, but he's also trying to stay like himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that that shows a lot. 
with like that he's taking uh the good parts of gustav and not necessarily the bad parts yeah he is- I, he really i think he admires gustav very much definitely yes. yeah. um and i i love this opening scene they set up um this whole room for tilda swinton to be in because him and because uh, him and Tilda Swinton are in a relationship, and uh, Tilda Swinton is covered in makeup. Oh yeah! But damn, does it look good? Yeah, like, no, it's, it's really not, good. Like, yeah. it, it's to- it's not like wow, that just looks fake. It, you like, doesn't, it doesn't yeah. look like Tilda Swinton at all. Yeah, the only the only reason I knew it was her was the nose. Mm-hmm. But like other than that, like they make her look old as hell. She's <laughs> she's one of my favorite actresses too, and she has a very small role in this, but she does very well. Yeah, no, I till till this one is just she's great. She's, she's very all over the place, and she really in every is. role she plays. Yeah, it's really cool. It's sometimes and a lot of the times, it's like I have no idea it's her. Like she looks nothing like herself, what? and even like train wreck or. Uh, Snowpiercer. Yeah. Her and Snowpiercer was like totally mm-hmm. didn't I couldn't tell it was her until like she's later fantastic. On. Yeah. Um so we have uh, Monsieur Gustave. They um they the narration uh tells us that he would go after the same type of women. He really liked people who were um older, rich, blonde and, and insecure. And <laughs> insecure. And there were a couple others. I think he said like naive, yeah. a couple a couple other things. Um probably pulled the line right here he's very um yeah casey brought his um script for the movie which i also happen to have (laughs) yeah no uh, i can uh give that to josh because i did not know this was a script like in book form Mm -hmm. until i saw josh owning it and i was like i need it you gotta have it yeah it's such a good it's really cool to have i like doing it i like reading the scripts of movies well it's just yeah but i mean even this one like it's just interesting to read Mm -hmm. i think see the writing style for yourself yeah. exactly yeah they had to be rich old insecure vain superficial blonde and i think he says and then rich was like the mm-hmm. big and then he talks about yeah but okay but that was yeah, all so the, and then he talks about him being very perfumed yes I, I love that part because he's like he's the most well fragrant man i've ever known and even like his stench would stay like after he left and there's the quick cut of them in the elevator, elevator and the guy just it's, it's, it's just a small just <laughs> that's so small the comedy in this movie yeah, is fantastic i know it's it's ever it's all like the the little jokes in this film like because there's nothing like over the necessarily over the top but the humor is either like placed there by like cutaway shots mm-hmm. or like bait like even by scale i think some of the some of the humor comes from like how he scales things in his movies mm-hmm. like people being tiny and stuff like that, I think, and like you're looking at it from such a far away spot yeah. that it's kind of just humorous. It's it's also like I think what Wes Anderson does really well in I mean two things. He's really great at timing. Yeah. The, not only in in jokes, but the pacing of this movie. But the jokes are executed so well, and even lines that may not be very um, supposed to be super funny. Um, as you, if you read them on paper, the way that they are timed and placed just make it funny. And yeah. but he's also he brings normality to absurdity because he can take something that's just so ridiculous and it's hilarious. Yeah, you know. And there's one moment that I'll talk about later that I think is just so absurd, but just makes me laugh like every time I watch yeah. it. Um, uh, oh, I was gonna say also I think half of some of the humor in this too is Ray Fine's performance. Yes. Like uh, Every, everyone's performance in this movie. Just oh yeah. Like, yeah. But, uh, but like the, the part where he gives zero the quarter and he's like, yeah. well, <laughs> go to the chapel of St. Crazy Christia mm-hmm. and do all this. And then it's, it's just like, okay, just, you're going to yeah. get interviewed. Yeah. Now. It's like experience zero education. zero. And he's just so, he, and that seems really great too, because as he's walking through, he's doing everything that he would do as the concierge. And yeah. it's just great to like set you in, to this how different the hotel was a back then and just what the hotel was like and how yeah. like alive it was yeah. and how alive this movie's going to be uh-huh. um so um Tilda Swin's character was Madame D and so they meet and they spend the night and she leaves and then about a month later we find out that she had died under mysterious circumstances yeah we're not really sure why she died but that means that um Sure, Gustav, and and he enlists Zero to come with him to go uh, to her estate to see her because they were having like a, a wake or a funeral. Yeah, and then they walk into the room with yes. everyone waiting for the will. Yeah, and so uh, first, I love <laughs> this is another. This is really absurd, but like he's, um, he's by her body and he's like, "Oh, you look better than when you were alive." I don't know what cream they put they put on you, but I want some. <laughs> well, also, so I odd. noticed this this time. I didn't see this last time. 
the scene where he kisses her mm-hmm. uh when he leans down to kiss her in the casket the french maid and sergey look at each other uh, no the french maid looks at zero and they both give like a weird look after he does yeah. it and it's, but it's in the background <laughs> it's so weird it's, yeah but it's all it's these so like tiny great. things mm-hmm. that are just they're they're hilarious um and so yeah he walks into the room with all the family members including adrian brody um willem dafoe and yep. the three sisters who the three sisters i never realized how funny they are in this movie yeah they're fantastic they're so funny because they just they all say different things and they are kind of the ones that throw off the timing of the dialogue in a way because they all speak at the same time and they all say something completely different and it's just it's just jumbled but it's so great you know it's just like there's a scene where he like like he throws when he throws the cat out the window and he's like did he just just throw throw my my cat cat out the window they're like no, no I, don't, I, don't I don't think he would he do, do that. that? Like, it's so funny. Yeah. They're, they're so great. They're so small side characters that really have no impact on the story whatsoever. But they're, I'm so happy that they're there. Also, speaking of that part, there's the part where he leaves the building and he goes to the coat check. And it says on the little ticket uh, contents, one uh, Persian cat in parentheses deceased. Yeah. And he just picks it up in a bag. Yeah. It's like, God. Um, so crazy. In that scene, we uh, read the will and testament of Madame D, and it says that uh, she left all of her estates. Inc- did he, she leave all? Not all of it. Just it was just like, the painting, or all of his estates. Okay, all of her estates. Okay, so in this scene, it goes uh, most of her estates and holdings to her son Dimitri, her son Dimitri and, her, and the Adrian three daughters. Brody. And then he gets that one, he gets a little letter thing and it uh, written at the time of her death or uh, hours before her death, like when she left the mm-hmm. hotel, I guess, something like that. It was like an amendment. Yeah. And it was to leave Boy with Apple to Gustav mm-hmm. Age. This priceless painting. Yep. Which is worth apparently like 5 million klubeks. Yes. The money currency m- of made of Zabrowka. Cur- yeah. yeah. It's made of currency. Um, and so that sends adrian brody like he goes ape shit and he's like this this man he's, he's been plaguing my family and he's just like he taunts old women and he probably fucks them too i take all my friends to bed <laughs> how's that supposed to make me feel yeah. i love my favorite line in this whole scene i don't know why i think it's so funny just the way i think it's when just he calls Ad- him a fruit just adrian brody's delivery he's like you're not getting boy with apple you goddamn little fruit yeah, <laughs> <just> no. <laughs> and then they uh, punch each other the yeah, there's a callback to that whole thing because uh, someone I can't remember who says that uh, later on in the movie. Someone says, "Man, you're a real straight guy." Like, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "I've never been accused of that before, yeah. but thank you." Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that scene causes um, uh, Monsieur Gustave to be escorted out, and then Zero gets the bright idea to just steal the painting yeah. so they go when no one is around to this area that left all of the inhabitants um or like all of her um like she there's a bunch of relics around that she's gonna give away and yeah. i love that there's a line where it's like this is a priceless painting boy with apple <laughs> the rest of this shit is just useless junk yeah <laughs> so they steal it and um replace the painting and they are off yeah speaking of replacing the painting with very pornographic yeah, painting. Yeah, very <laughs> pornographic. It's so... F- yeah. Um, so they go back and they hide the painting. And this is where in a span of about... So... I think we, the whole we, we movie missed, is we, only like a few months. Or yeah, like, I think like so. the whole set of things is like mm-hmm. a few months. We also missed... Uh, I forgot to talk about the scene when they're on the train traveling to see madame d we are introduced to edward norton's character henkels henkels who is great i'm a huge edward norton fan he's fantastic in this movie um in that scene this is another great moment of the timing that i talked about where they're sitting there and he's saying um like they're talking and then the 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 cops come in and they're just sitting there and it's like well hello there chaps (laughs) i love love that brief moment it's so great yeah and you filthy it, goddamn pompous pushes ass <laughs> fascist assholes. <laughs> yeah. Get your heads off my lobby boy. And then they get slammed into the walls. But yeah, no, I think uh, everyone, like, all the cast that Wes Anderson has acquired, like, he has a lot of actors that appear in almost all of his movies, especially yeah. Bill Murray, who's in I'm pretty sure every single movie. Mm-hmm. But like the the list of people he, he has acquired as like people that he knows he can get for every movie. Mm-hmm is always really great yeah and i like that he has those people and they're all all really good in the roles that he gives and, them. yeah he knows how to he knows their strengths and what he can use them for like he knows how to use utilize them well even if it's not a huge part like yeah um 
Edward Norton's part in this movie is not super big, but the scenes that he's in, he just worked. They, yeah. He just works so he's well. He's really good at it. Um, and we find out that he, um, Mr. Gustav, took care of um, his Edward parents. and his parents. Yeah. So it shows that kind of like the history of Mr. Gustav is good. It also shows he's a good person, I feel like, yeah. at heart. Like at, at heart, he's not... He may be pompous, but I don't think he's a bad guy. Yeah, no, I, by no means. Even though it does seem like he takes advantage of yeah. some of these old women. Yeah, very much. But so. but it's also you can kind of see it like, oh, he's kind of giving them a second chance at like not he, necessarily yeah. love, but like life. But he, I feel like he also does care about them. Yeah, he yeah. does. No, yeah, he does. Um, even though he is looking for maybe a seat in their will. <laughs> yeah, um, but. Yeah, yeah, but he's also he is I feel like he is affectionate yeah. when, with the words that he says. Oh, but he's, yeah, he's such a he is a gold digger in a way. Yeah, he's, he's a bit so, of, he's a bit of a gold digger, yeah. but he has a good heart. Yeah. Um so we after uh they they hide the they hide the painting and then Hinkle that's why the so the Hinkles comes back yep. and he arrests them. This is my favorite moment in the entire movie. I've loved it ever since I watched it and it's so small and again because of timing comes down he says i've arrest oh you're under arrest for the murder of madame, madame he's, he's like oh we never got the cause of death she's been murdered and you think i did it and then he runs. just turns around and runs <laughs> exactly. i laugh my ass off every single time i watch that because i don't know why it's just the quick timing and just how he runs away and how it's quiet and there's yeah. no sound of everything about also, it it's just so it's funny. like you hear the one guard shout stop yeah, and they're like, all going, they're just going up the stairs <laughs> it's like so great it's fantastic um yes but it's it's clear that he did not do it um but he's he goes to jail anyway yeah so he um we find out that zero has met with jeff goldblum's character uh kovacs kovacs and he says that there is something missing from the will like an important document yeah and and we know that Serge the, the butler into the painting. Yeah, he put it into the painting but he also is the only witness to apparently to madame d's murder yeah and um Zero brings um, Monsieur Gustave a, th- a thing of Mendel's, um, little chocolates, their yeah. little pastries or whatever, to him. Uh, uh, Cortisan au chocolat oh, is yeah. the name of the pastry. It looks so good, doesn't it? Uh, there's actually, uh, on the bonus features of the film, there's actually a way they show you how to make it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I want to do that. Um, and I love the line. It's the when we first see Gustave again, he's like... What happened, my dear Zero, as I beat the living shit out of a sniffling little runt called Pinky Bandinsky, who had the gall to question my virility? Because if there's one thing we've learned about Penny Dreadfuls, that when you find yourself in a place like this, you must never be a candy yeah, ass. Exactly. So great. He finds ways, and he finds ways, um, Wes Anderson, in his writing, to take a point and kind of drown it out a little bit, but it's not like to the point where it's like get to the point he utilizes every single oh, second oh yeah cuz you have Gustav throwing like really long sentences out just to do yeah. something like even in like when he's on the train he's like oh yes in the time that we live in it's just oh fuck it and then he just gives up you <laughs> yeah. know um i think and so yeah he the writing in this movie again is just is so great the story moves in like it's at rapid pace oh, it's yeah. a very fast paced movie but it goes in so many ways that you're not 100% sure where it's gonna yeah, end also timing wise it was a month about cause mm-hmm. it uh, the first time they're on the train and they meet Hankles think, isn't it's that in... uh, October mm-hmm. 19th and then by the end of the movie uh, the, the next date they show is November 17th okay so, so yeah, it's this... about a month mm-hmm. he leaves and we find out that Zero has met Agatha played by Saoirse Ronan yep and they are in love they are um engaged and I love their relationship oh, as yeah. small as it is in the movie they just they are so cute together yeah. uh this movie actually contains one of my favorite shots in a film and it's the scene at the carousel where it cuts away from him giving the brook and it's just her face oh, and the yeah. lights and the light behind, it, behind and it. it it's all changing on her mm-hmm. face that is one of my favorite shots I've ever seen in a it's movie. It's fantastic. And it's great. It's beautiful. And I love, um, my favorite thing about that whole sequence is how Zero, you see how nervous he is. He's very scared about how the relationship's going to go. Like he's, because he's like, he gives, it's like, oh, it's a gift. Oh, it's Love Poems, Volume 1. It's a book. I, I ruined the surprise, but here you go. She's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it's okay. I'll open it anyway. And yeah. she's like, 
she's so sweet and it's Saoirse Ronan so you can't help but love her but Zero you can see that he's just so nervous but they are just so happy together and she's the pastry chef at uh at Mendel's Mendel's, and so she um is uh, a vital asset in getting Gustav out of prison so he um becomes friends with um Harvey Keitel's character well 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 what he says in the uh when he's talking to Zero at the booth is that him and Pinky became friends after he beat him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, he's a dear friend. I hope you'll meet him someday. Yeah. Which he does. He does. Later on. Yeah. Uh, and then Pinky and the other guys uh, show him to Ludwig, who is played by Harvey Keitel. And then they're like, okay, time to break out of prison. Yeah. So uh, they are able to... Uh, she makes these like little pastries that are in the shape of tools and she hides tools in them. And then we see uh, this guy who's cutting up like food to make sure yeah. there's nothing in it. And he looks at it and I love, he has that <laughs> short little moment of like, I can't ruin this. And it just, just looks it. so good. It's just like, go for it. Yeah, and exactly. So they are able to use these tools to break out of um, prison. They dig a hole. And I love when they're digging. Cause I, I don't know why it's just, cause it's just so small and it's just, it, it, they don't even look like they're that interested. It's just like something that they're doing yeah. when they're breaking out. It's like, yep. Yeah. And then, and then they stop and, <laughs> and the dude sneezes. Yeah, yeah. That's like that. That's one of those things. Like, it's just it walks up, sneeze, walks away. All right, let's go back to work. Yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> they're able to break out of prison. And before they do, we see that um, a Zero has told. Agatha that he that she needs to go get the painting that's her job in this whole thing is that she needs to make sure the painting gets back to her and is safe so that it will be in their hands again yeah. like, and it gives her the little like the little scrap of paper mm-hmm. and they have the argument yeah. I love that she's she's like I don't steal art I'm a pastry chef and it's like oh take this it makes like it'll uh, I don't remember what the little piece of paper no, he's was. like take this and hide it. well he comes back out of the ceiling after Mendel comes yeah. and like he's like go to bed or whatever and he comes back out of the rafter and he's like take this and hide it she's like no and he's like all right take it whatever, anyway take it anyway and she just drops it <laughs> oh man it's it's so the the whole I mean you know you're getting into a Wes Anderson you know what you're gonna get out of it just so quirky but I think this movie in my opinion of the ones that I've seen I think this is his funniest oh yeah by far I, would say, uh, I mean uh Moonrise Kingdom has like is also pretty funny but it's a little I feel like it's a little more serious than yeah Grand Moonrise Budapest. and I, I like Moonrise Kingdom a little bit better but I think this movie is definitely funnier oh, because yeah, I think yeah. this one just he packs so much quirky comedy because I mean it's it's essential to the characters exactly whereas uh Moonrise has some really funny moments but it's more so it's about more the, a, the, yeah. the love story yeah um so <laughs> I'm pretty sure this film is like purely a com mostly like a mostly comedy. a comedy yeah adventure yeah um so we uh they they break out of prison and i love the <laughs> there's a moment where uh they're in the laundry room and they open up the floor tile and there's like four guards down there yeah and it shoots back up to their faces and all of them simultaneously go whoa <laughs> and then the one guy just drops down and kills all of yeah, them yeah then die what was it? they actually he says his name and i can't remember i don't remember what, was, what his name but... was but yeah he dies and they but they all get to safety and they meet up with zero again uh-huh. and Oh, uh, also, there's that callback when they're escaping with the uh, the dude with the scar on his face because before the, that, in the beginning, when they show um, Gustav in prison, he's, like, carrying around the cart with the mush, mm-hmm. and he takes it to the cell. He's like, would you like some mush yeah. today? And the guy's like, yeah. these are dash salt. Dude's that, and the guy's like, oh. Mm, and he saves tasty. them later. I love that because yeah. like, the one guy's like, guard, guard, and he kills the guy. Yeah. yeah that's I don't know why, but like it's it's so nice. That that's a big theme I see in this movie is loyalty. Yeah, no, there's a lot of like I think there's a lot of like callbacks of like, um, kind of like re- action reaction. Like there's yeah. something that happens at some point in the movie that leads to, like them getting helped by this yeah. other person. Like like a lot of quick things. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they meet up with uh Zero again this whole dialogue exchange where he's like oh did you bring the disguises we're wearing them oh did you bring the the day of panache he's like no i didn't it, it, he finds just like exerts all of this stuff like why did you come to me like you of this area that would have been so great without you anyway yeah. he's like uh, my parents they died in the war and i determined to make yeah, sure yeah like, that was like a character moment it, I was, think. it was a great well, character a really moment because moment. it shows how because you have this guy who is very very self-centered and is again very pompous and just letting out that something's not going kind of his way yeah and then this guy this kid is like 
saying like I've had a rough life, but I want to make sure that it doesn't happen to me the same way it happened, and that I can still have a life moving forward. Yeah, and I think that was a kind of a a more human moment for both of them because he realized like I'm so sorry. That was very rude of me. You are right. You are a very, very helpful companion. Yeah. And uh, Zero, and it, it just shows us like what kind of person that Zero is. He's he's persistent and he's brave and he is determined to make sure that he has a life for himself and his family. Yeah. Um, which I think just makes him like a really good, really good character. Oh yeah. No, I think I think after that, like, it gives him even more depth. Even though we don't. Even though we don't know anything much about uh, Gustav's past, I think this moment gives both their characters even more. The like, only few other moments points. that I can remember is there of Gustav is that there's one where he, where they pan in his room because he, he said he always ate dinner in, in, in his, his room. room. Yeah, and, that's and like, he's alone. And then there's another scene later where he's like, he never told me about his family or how he got his money. He's just laying in bed. Yeah. So I think that's another big thing about his character of why he relies on himself a lot and he knows who he is. Is because something is may because have happened. Is because he's... Not only does something may have happened, but he's just, by nature, lonely. Yeah, he's Extremely just, yeah. lonely. And I think that's why he has so many women in his life and enlists Zero to, like, go with him so that he yeah. has someone. That's an undertone. Yeah, and I mean, even then, Zero says it, he's like the women he preyed upon, blonde. Mm-hmm. Uh, vain, alone, and then by the end of it, you know, rich or whatnot, yeah. which we can get to. But um, um, so they break out, and then they're told um they have to meet up with Surge. So they go to all of these checkpoints, um, to get to Surge. But it's because they called the Society of the Cross Keys. Keys, which it calls Bill Murray, and it calls um. Let's see if I can. It calls so many people into this story. Yeah. Um. There's there's Bill Murray. There's um. Bob Balaban. The Society of the Cross Keys selections from the writings of Stefan Zwig. Oh wow! How about that? <laughs> it's interesting. I'm gonna have to look that up. Um. So it, there's so many people in the Society of Cross Keys that all link together to make sure that they get. So Bill Murray picks them up. They go to the the ski lift and they. I love this moment at the ski lift where they're just admiring the beauty of everything. It's like yeah. it's such a beautiful country. And there are other moments um, in here that are so brief when they talk about poetry. They recite lines of poetry. Yeah. And that's kind of their way of escape uh-huh. from like kind of everything because there's a war going on. There's They're being chased. They're being framed for murder. But they kind of escape from everything with those few lines of poetry. Yeah, and, and there is that one point where, where uh, when they escape from prison and Zero starts to rise sight, and then they hear the alarms going off. He's mm-hmm. like, "All right, yeah, we gotta go. Wait, stay where you are. I want to hear this later." Yeah, exactly. Um, so once they get to the top of this, they get to this church. They meet a surge in the back in confession. Yep, and uh. The, there's a couple really great lines in here. Uh, oh, also a little before this. So, um, Willem Dafoe, his character is constantly making sure not only is he chasing um, um, Monsieur Gustave and Zero, but he's also making sure that um, him and uh, Dimitri get what they want out of the will. So oh, they're yeah. saying like, well, well he, he's tying up all the ends. So like <laughs> they, he wants to get rid of surge because surge is the only witness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kovacs who is trying to, he's trying to do a will done justfully. Uh, yeah. Because like, he's like, well, there's something missing. So we can't, you know, we, we can't move ahead with this. He's like, yeah. no, you have to, you have to just go ahead. And well, he's like, I'm going to do it justfully. So they kill him yeah. in a very suspenseful scene. And it, it, not a whole lot happens. It's just people walking. But the yeah. way that the music does Alexander does plot is, his score is magnificent exactly. in this movie but it, it adds a lot of tension and uh-huh. it's done so well to like you know make you feel like you're not really sure what's going to happen and then all four of his fingers get cut off <laughs> yeah th- i kill. think that was like also something that's super bizarre but that's really it's really funny I'm yeah no why. i think like, that's the just... thing too is like there's humor in a lot of like dark. not necessarily humorous places yeah. in the movie too it's uh, it's dark ish yeah, yeah. Um, i think the only really like dark time in the movie that actually is only dark is the time at the end with the black and white and whatnot which mm-hmm. we'll get to but i think for the most part a lot of like anything that starts to get crazy serious does get uh levity through like a joke yeah after towards the end exactly like with the with the cat like getting thrown out the window yeah that was like dark but it was you know funny yeah 
Um, so, so they're being chased by um, Willem Dafoe, whose character's name Joplin. Joplin. That's Joplin. right. He uh, Serge says like there was a second will, like there was a, a second writing of a second will, will. because um, it was originally destroyed. Um, and it was only to be read if she was murdered. Yep. So everything would have changed. And I love, there's so many great lines in this movie. Just anytime, like, <laughs> it's just like, there was a second will, I, but I pulled a copy. And then he just stops and Ray Fiennes is like, don't leave us in suspense, man. We've been going this. through all this shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? And he's just like, uh, oh, and we find out that they, they killed Serge's um, sister. Yeah. Um, with the the head in the basket yeah exactly. edward norton pulls her head out of the mm-hmm. basket and edward norton and th- that's when we find like edward norton is, has found them uh that they that they broke out of prison and now they are also in pursuit so uh, everyone is chasing these people they are yeah. constantly in pursuit um and i love this line he says um who'd they kill this time and so just like my my dear sister and she's like the girl with the club foot yes those fuckers <laughs> I just yeah. love that it's just so fast and yeah. it's so it's great that whole yeah. exchange i think is fantastic but yeah, immediately surge is killed so they know that they have a second reading of a second will that yeah. they need to find but now they have to worry about getting away from uh joplin and you know, now they're chasing joplin so joplin is now skiing yeah away from them they get on a sled and it's clear that this is being used with models but it's still so cool like yeah. it's a lot of fun no it's an interesting like chase sequence and it, it's kind of like i said with the whole scaling thing it's kind of humorous in the point where it's like they show like oh here's a fork one yeah two and it's yeah. just it's just i think it's kind of and goofy. the music heightens and is a yeah. lot of fun and so they crash and uh zero is buried in the snow upside down with his feet and, hanging up and uh um Nishir Gustav is hanging from the side of the cliff. And this is the moment I was talking about earlier because it's he's literally hanging there and he's reciting a poem and he's being he's literally being trying to be kicked off the cliff and yeah. he's reciting and out of nowhere, Zero pushes Joplin off and, and Ray finds in a very high pitched voice goes, Holy shit, you got him. And it's just yeah. like it's so crazy because they just killed someone. And it's but and they won, but it was so funny. Yeah, I was like dying laughing at his and his results and or at his response. It was just it was great. But they look over and they realize that um, Hankles is catching up to them. Yeah. Um, and they have a moment of silence for Surge. Yeah. Levity's just like oh, moment of silence. R.I.P. Surge. Yeah. <laughs> then they go off. Um, so they get back to the the grand budapest and they realize that it i it's very fast they realize well, well now the war has been now the war has um the frontier is being pushed or something like that the war has now come together and it was so fast as to how much they were um on the side of basically like the ss i don't know what the name of the it's uh i think it says it somewhere but it's like a it's like a weird like z yeah but it like it looks like, the SS. like twice yeah yeah it looks like the ss and it's yeah. it's interesting because like they say it just spreads so fast and i think that's really a, yeah because really like... the time span of the thing is only a month mm-hmm. and then you find out like oh within this small thing of a will trying to be executed dimitri is suddenly like a leader of this like fascist uh-huh. movement but like it catches on to like people to the the hotel being a part kind of a part yeah, of this movie. Like everyone, everyone's on board. There. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because like that was kind of another thing with like fascism in the in the early days where it was like it just like caught on because yeah. of propaganda. Exactly. So it just it spreads so fast. That's and that's a really quick moment where it's like there's a cocktail napkin, there's a martini with the olive in it that has the As S's, the, the ZZ thing, yeah. in it. and it's like wow, yeah, that's really Every, true. The hotel uh, tags have it on it. And yeah, everything. exactly. So they have to get in to the hotel somehow. So they get Agatha, they meet up with her, they pose as men from Mendel's, yeah. and they're able to, she's able to get the painting, but she is being pursued by Dimitri. by Dimitri, and so they realize they have to go in, and then a shoot-off happens. <laughs> Which is, it's such an absurd shoot It's so shoot funny. Off. Because also, I don't think anyone gets hit. No one gets hit. Yeah, no one gets hit. And with the amount just... of bullets, there, and it's like everyone has a gun. Yeah. And there's a moment where he says like and uh, that's dimitri um and he, and he killed his mom this is the only reason to let us know like that we finally are like oh okay like he he killed he's like the perpetrator on all this and it yeah 
it's not like it's the hardest thing to figure out, but at the same time, it's so quick to be like, ah, oh, it's the reveal, you know? Oh, he did it, but then it's not really spoken of again. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's another kind of that's an, that's another issue I have is that that part of it is so quick to just be like, oh yeah, Dimitri's behind all of this. Yeah, they don't really. There is no. There isn't really anything that like gets him. They don't resolve any of his yeah him being like getting justice uh-huh. and whatnot or like him you know getting locked up there isn't really anything like resolving that end of it which yeah. i guess thinking about it is a bit of a flaw but i think it was more concentrated on zero and gustav's story anyway yeah definitely but at the same time it's like so they find they find the will in the painting they realize that they left she left all her assets to gustav, gustav and he lives with the with the hotel and all of his women yep Zero gets married to Agatha. Agatha, who becomes sick, and now we're back at the hotel. It yeah. ends a little abruptly, a little too quick, in my opinion. I feel like they could have stretched out just a little bit more. It, Maybe, it wasn't, but it, I feel it wasn't like... a huge issue, but it was it was a little quick, in my opinion. Yeah. But I feel like that's also coming across the point of like, oh, Gustav's life ended abruptly too, mm-hmm. and that's when we get to that scene where they're on the train, and he's like. He's kind of like we're coming off of this goodness and then it suddenly switches to black and white and you're like, oh, hold on, everything seems okay. And then suddenly they're stopped in the barley field again, but by this time it's a, a death squad. Yeah. This is in November. Yeah. Uh, and it's, interesting that it swi- it's interesting that it, that they switch it to black and white. Yeah. That's a very interesting choice. Also, like nothing ever happens on screen other mm-hmm. than him getting taken away and then it's just said that he was shot. Yeah. And it's and I think that's just supposed to show like how just everything changed. Yeah, it's just like a sh- like a shock. Yeah, you know that makes sense. No, that's that's true. Plus, I don't think I don't think him getting shot and that like or it's showing something like that would have belonged. Uh-huh. I think it would have been too, too no much definitely of a yeah. change. Um, so when we get back, so the story is over, and we find like Zero says that he like uh, the the author asked him like did you keep this for him you know why why stay here and he's like i didn't keep it for him i kept it for agatha cuz she loved it here when she visited and i was like oh well that's like that's kind of another that's adding more to this theme of loyalty yeah i think getting into the uh, transitioning to the analysis side of it that's a big theme that i see i think you could definitely on the surface it's like it's a lot about greed and uh-huh. what like the desire for something can do to a person because of you know that drives them to murder and wanting to get all of that wealth like that's a big thing but i also saw it's like it is about loyalty mm-hmm. and there's a great scene on there are two great scenes on trains one of them is in the beginning when they say like they form the pact that like you know we get it and i'll give you the 1.5 percent yeah, and, and that's how and that's then how the like, bond is like secured and yeah, then but later then he on, says uh even in that same scene he's like and if I die before you, blah, 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 which most likely happened, you'd be my sole heir. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's how that. And up. then even later, he was, they were having a heart to heart in the next train and they're saying like, you know, I, she's completely lovely. Like talking about Ag- Agatha, she's wonderful for you. And I would love to initiate the ceremony. And he's like, well, with honor, of course. Yeah. So they have a really great bond. And that's the, that is definitely the center of this movie is about um, Zero and Gustav. They are, it's all about the bonds that they yeah, have. Exactly. And since I think that because they had each other that they survived, you know, Dimitri was kind of all by himself and that's why he didn't. Um, and sure he had Joplin, but he was more so centered on himself. Yeah. And he didn't have that bond pairing with someone else or like mm-hmm. he didn't have that kind of loyalty. Exactly. And I would say that for me is something that stuck out. Speaking of that, then also I think this is also about holding on to the past because mm-hmm. there's that line where the author says um, that was the end of in, uh, his time. Or do you only keep this hotel for the memory of him and his time or whatever? And he's like, I think his time was gone before he was even born. And like, kind of like showing that this kind of thing was the last vestiges of like this regal era of like grand hotels and mm-hmm. and people, you know, getting more out of each other than they do nowadays and kind of like showing like oh this was a time where relationships and i think it might be more of a critique on like relationships now between relationships then Mm -hmm. and i think that's something to like study from i do love that line 
that is a really great line. Like, I think his world ended long before he even entered it. Yeah. Because of how, you know, he was someone extremely different in this world. He, like, in the world that we are presented, he yeah. was, you know, extremely quirky. But it's another thing that because of the world around them, he is able to get out of it through the poetry. I think yeah. that that's why that those lines and stanzas are there is because he is able to escape from everything that's happening and find moments of beauty. He notices all of the... Uh, beauty of the scenery that is around him he notices things like that he notices moments of beauty i don't think that he wanted to get caught up in the world that he was living in yeah i mean he basically ignores the all the stuff about like fascism taking over like and there is all those like hints throughout the movie like the newspapers when they're doing uh the few times they show a newspaper it's like big headline tanks at the border blah blah, blah. yeah and then it zooms in on the one thing it's like yeah you know countess dead yeah whatnot. he's not a very negative speaking character i would think like he's not one that would lose hope i think yeah. he's a person that kind of well as we've said many times it has negative qualities for sure like being kind of pretentious he is i feel like is a good person and oh, someone yeah. that we are able to love because of his quirkiness and just how odd that he is. Yeah, and I I think also he has he's even though he is uh he's an enigma in that he's an oxymoron. He both is someone that's servicing himself, but he also is countless times in service of others. Like kind of paradoxical, yeah. Yeah. Like he um cuz he is a concierge and even though he's kind of looking out for his future by trying to get into people's wills or something like that, he is serving people to the best of his ability, and that's what he kind of shows zero. Very ironic, yeah. Yeah, and then it's funny how there's that point uh, when they're in the hotel chase scene with Dimitri, and he's like, "What did a girl with a painting just run through? And the lobby boy tells him, he's, then Zero comes back, he's like, see, a real lobby boy wouldn't do that. You're a stone wall. Yeah. You don't give people that kind of information. It was like, yeah. Yeah, and I think another, to me, if I had to really take something away from this movie... It would not only be that in his character, but also there's a line that is repeated twice in that there are little brief moments of humanity in the slaughterhouse of the world we find yeah. ourselves in. I think that is, and I think that he's one of them. And this movie kind of is too, because I think that this whole world that we are put in is like gross because of like, you know, the the horrible people that are living in like of of like the fascist symbols and just yeah. like the horrible people that and are the greed in it. And, the... and the greed i think that the this movie is extremely bright it's not really all that dark in the moments no. that are dark but like we have just in the production design we have like this pink that kind of makes you feel very warm exactly and gold and th there's a lot of great moments like that but i think that because of the characters it does show you that these like that there are people like this and places of beauty mm -hmm. and things of beauty that we can see to take us out of the world for a bit and yeah. just say but also realize that the reality of the world while it's horrifying there are moments that we can enjoy and love yeah and, and even then like this was a love letter to the time of grand hotels that were these like spots of people coming together and humanity being through and through like yeah with these grand hotels it was like there was more than just people relying like on a place to stay it was like a you know a place to be yeah and there was all these different things and they were like lavish to be lavish and i think it was you kind of see how that kind of falls apart after they're moving more into the modern day and it's like kind of showing maybe there were things in the past that weren't so bad mm -hmm. even though there were things that kind of made it seen as bad yeah i think someone could look at if you look at the surface of a wes anderson movie you could say that it's all style but i think there's a lot there's always something into his movies i don't think you could say that every wes anderson movie is the same yeah because his style is recognized i think his style has become so recognizable that it makes it seem like his movies are the same but i think there's so much under it that is being yeah. told differently throughout each movie. I th yeah, he has a lot. I think he has a lot of really um, good views that come out of his movies, like in the way that like it commentates on society. Mm -hmm. And he has a really very distinct voice, obviously through the quirkiness 
and fast-paced nature of his writing, but he's also very... He is very good at telling a story. Yeah. I think that's his main thing, even above necessarily to entertain. It's to tell a story. Entertaining is very, very close. They may even be the same, but like his first thing is to tell us a story. Yeah, and I think where to keep things, you know, brief and where to kind of expand upon, like why this character is doing this or like, you know, call, there's a, like a lot of his stuff, there's a lot of callbacks within the story. Yeah. And it kind of all envelops it on itself and being a very good, like self-contained thing. And I think he's really good at that and like where yeah. he keeps his plot points and stuff. He's really good at while being very, very um, kind of seeming old style, old fashioned. He's also really good at being relevant to new at the yeah. same time. And that's what was the, and that's even shown with this movie because it was shot in three different aspect ratios. So you have like mm-hmm. each aspect ratio kind of matching the time period. And yeah. that was that was very like a, a physical representation of of what you were showing within this whole film and i liked how he used the uh what, what's the do you know what the the aspect ratio was for the 1930s um if it's like widescreen i think it's 230 not one or something like that no for the when it was a square i'm not sure oh, gosh i can't remember. i don't know but but when he when he used that i think it was good him doing that because you kind of see how his framing works not just in like uh a nowadays movie but like how it works in all things he's yeah. making and i think it was a really interesting like look to i think he film. also is really good at doing something that is not that could not take place in our world yeah um he isn't someone who is a realistic director huh. this is not nothing you see in his movies except maybe royal tenenbaums is something that you could like that is like kind of feasibly possible yeah i think but what's great about it is that i think he's really great at like an allegory because he takes something that this whole story nothing in this story i feel like could like really happen but it's realistic enough to kind of but it's also but like the message is that's what he's giving off is real like the characters are just so outrageous and there you don't meet people like that yeah as and you don't meet as many people that are in this movie like that so but the message and what he's trying to do is real and uh-huh. gets and gets across to people, I feel. Yeah, I think with his films, he has that air of whimsy, which everyone kind of like attributes to him. And, it, and it's kind of cool. He he brings like s- things that are very imaginative and like characters that are, you know, as you said, like kind of unbelievable for like real world standards. But he kind of grounds them in a, in a place where you could see them as they're real people but they're even though they're kind of um very outlandish and i think that's what's really cool about his films is he can bring you into something that is even though it's uh not necessarily tangible for a real life situation it's definitely a situation that you can relate to as a person and it's something that you can definitely gain a new perspective from and i think it's really interesting that where he goes with that agreed it's time for our ratings of the movie so from the top all the way to the bottom, it goes platinum, gold, silver, bronze, participation, disqualification. So I'm going to let you go first. I want to know what where this movie lies right, for so you. Th- this... I want you to tell me why, why and what you give it. Okay. Um, so what I give it is I'm, I'm teetering between a gold and a platinum. If you had to pick one, what would it be? I'm gonna start doing that. You gotta oh, pick gosh. one. If I have to pick one, it's gotta and, uh, be, it's platinum because okay. yeah. And also, I, I must say that it it's not a whole. It doesn't have to be 100 percent to have. Oh platinum. yeah, no, yeah. I think it's a relative thing. Yeah. No, I give it a platinum. I think I consider this movie almost like in my eyes, it's a masterpiece. I don't. Yeah, there probably is flaws. I have a hard time seeing flaws in a lot of movies, but like with this, I was watching it today. I was trying to find like things that I could pick up on. And there were, there are things you said that I, I, I agree with now, but like for the most part, like I watched it through and through and I was like, yeah, it's, it's hard to really pick out like bad things in this movie. It's just a really well done film. And there's so much attention to detail in the movie and it's such a great story. And I just, everything about it, I love. And it kind of like, I don't know. It gives me this really cool nostalgic feeling for like everything that it shows you. And I, I think it's just a, a really interesting movie to watch. 
and it it's just very enjoyable. Like it it can, anyone could really watch it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, and for me, I'm gonna give it a gold. Um, there's a couple reasons that I that I do really, really, really love this movie for a, that we didn't talk about. One being um, cinematography done by Robert um, Yemen, yep. uh, Yemen, who um, if anyone deserves uh, a title for director whose movies are every frame of painting, it's Wes Anderson. Oh, and yeah. In this movie, it's definite because it's another movie where the colors are off the charts. There's blues, there's um, pinks, there's grays, but it's all done, it's all utilized so well, and yeah. it's just beautiful absolutely beautiful and that is another and it just it sucks you in the timing the quirkiness how and the the characters and the message all make this movie really great the ending for me like i said ends a little abruptly but his message is still clear clear yeah so for me i don't see this movie as perfect there are a couple other nitpicky things that i'm not 100 percent on but overall i do really love this movie and i'm gonna give it a gold medal yeah, also, I, I should have mentioned, too, uh, talking about, like, cinematography, and then also, because it won the Oscar for production design, they, like, they filmed this whole thing, and, like, the the, the Grand Budapest itself is, like, a, a department store in Germany in Gorlitz, where mm-hmm. they filmed most of the movie, and it's kind of cool, because they, in the, on the DVD, they show, like, how they changed up, so this entire, like, department store lobby, and then they basically, like, scaffolded in all this um, extra stuff, and redid all the wallpaper and the colors and uh got in all these this furniture and this like big regal chandeliers and everything it's it's very interesting how much the how like like the props department and the costuming department for this movie was like off the charts like it was they definitely deserved the production design oh yeah for sure it's amazing how much attention to detail he has in his movies Mm -hmm. it's it's very cool all right, that's going to do it for this episode of Frankly, I Love Movies. Thanks, Casey, for coming in. No problem. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Please go check us out. And if you have any suggestions for me on how I can improve or what movies you may want uh, me to do with a guest, please let me know. I will take anything and consider it. So just uh, tune in next Thursday. On, no, not Thursday. Tuesday. Sorry. <laughs> next Tuesday on iTunes and Orion Valley Productions for a new episode with a new movie and a new guest. Till then... I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies.